0: Are you upset, pissed off, or angry? Maybe it's time to start asking for what you want. Don't believe anyone who tells you that they don't get angry. Everyone gets angry at something. We all have our triggers, pet peeves, buttons and levels of tolerance. Anger is a universal experience. It's part of the human condition. And knowing and accepting this is the start of making peace without anger.
1: You're listening to Mind Manners, hosted by licensed psychotherapist, Albert Nguyen. Albert helps his clients overcome past trauma, change their mindset, and accelerate their personal and professional development. This podcast covers a wide range of mental health and self-development topics, with each episode offering an actionable step towards a better you. If you're on a wellness journey, keep listening.
0: We cannot make peace with our emotions or any emotion for that fact, if we avoid it or deny it. This leads to inner conflicts of overwhelm and feelings of shame. You've seen it all before. Either you or someone else bottling up their emotions, saying they're fine when they're not, and eventually blowing up when they can no longer contain their frustration. I often refer to anger as a masking emotion. Is the dis- disguise for fear. As someone who struggled with anger issues, especially when I was young, and as it may come as a surprise to many of you, the most intense and angry people I know are often the most afraid. We're afraid of losing, failing, getting rejected, getting hurt, you name it. Anger operates on fear. So in today's session, I want to give you some tools that will help you use your anger in productive ways for personal growth rather than self-destruction and chaos in your life. Years ago, I created and ran an anger management class for a group of nine teenage boys at a school district. These young men were considered the most troublesome for the school staff. They had a history of violence, aggression. Most of them were affiliated with gangs and most of them were close to being expelled. On paper, they were a lost cause. But I had hope. One of my top priorities I knew I had to do was to create a space of acceptance, meaning I had to respond and react to them in ways they were not used to. What they were used to were teachers yelling at them, other kids reacting, and... Them getting suspended for their behaviors. I knew these kids' disruptive behaviors and angry behaviors were a mask for other emotions. It was masking fear, pain, and past traumas. And it was my job to get through that wall, brick after brick. It wasn't easy, and they tested my patience. But without giving up, after the third, maybe the fourth session, things began to shift. They began respecting me because I respected them first. I taught them how to speak their truths, the pain underneath the anger that they felt, the unmet needs they had, and how anger was just a protector. There were some great coping skills that worked well for them and I actually want to teach you some of those today. In therapy, I teach and encourage all my patients to learn how to befriend their emotions, especially the unpleasant ones. They are not our enemy, but we tend to think they are because they're often so intense and they're uncomfortable. And they sometimes lead us to engage in regretful actions and the consequences we face because of those behaviors can be negative. But anger is so much more than those stereotypical and negative connotations. And thinking anger is our enemy is the type of attitude that can impact how our emotions show up in our lives. Let me tell you, and you hear me say this often, it's a fact that we as human beings are built to be crazy adaptive. We can adapt to just about anything. That can be a blessing or a curse depending on how you look at it. Many of us develop what we refer to as bad habits, more so than good habits. You ever wonder how we get there? The so-called bad habits that were once protective and defensive against something it was once helpful in some way. And it still is, but it no longer provides the same outcome over time. And when the consequences piles up, we begin to see the harm in it and how stuck we're in this vicious cycle. You can create a habit out of anything, even complaining. And I talk a lot about complaining with people because it's a common behavior that, when done constantly, can be very dangerous. How? The more you complain, the more neural pathways you grow in your brain that increases the act of complaining. But the reason why I discourage complaining is that the habit of complaining has other serious consequences. Complaining magnifies issues. The more you complain about a problem, the more your anger escalates. I sometimes refer to this as thought stacking. Complaining not only contributes to anger, it's one of the reasons why many of us may be feeling stuck. It becomes a way of thinking where you stack one rationale, one reason for why life sucks after the other. Soon enough, it becomes hard to even see past. Our own intellect. And not only that, complaining is contagious. If you often co ruminate, you can trigger and influence others' mood and anger just by your constant state of negativity. So, why do we complain? I think it's quite obvious and simple. We either don't know what we want or we don't know how to get what we want. Whatever it is, if you don't have clarity, confidence, or belief, that you can meet your own needs. It's easy to complain, and when you keep complaining, you stack reasons that only increases your frustration. And if you co-ruminate, you can increase this even more by stacking each other's complaints. In reality, anger and frustration tends to be caused by behaviors that we engage in that prevents us from getting what we want or need. For example, and I see this a lot, calling your friend to complain about your partner or complaining about your boss to your colleagues. Doing this does not help solve your problems, get your needs met. Not that there's a problem with venting to your friends or or having a support system to talk over and process things. It's just when it becomes a chronic issue or a habit, this is when we actually have to really set some boundaries around this. So if you suffer from anger issues you may be suffering from chronic complaining. It's important to work on this. So let me share a communication technique that you can try. This is turning your complaints into solution-focused statements. For example, let's say you're upset that your boss is constantly piling up your workload and you don't feel appreciated. You might say, my boss keeps giving me projects when I'm so busy. I'm tired and it would be nice to have more downtime. How can you turn this into a clear statement that asks for what you need? So you can decide to say instead, would you be willing to get me some support or help me with some of the new projects you assigned? I would like to have some more time to work on previous projects to ensure that they are done correctly. The goal here is to focus on the outcome you want versus the problem this shifts your mind to become solution-focused versus problem-focused. So it doesn't matter if it's a request or a statement. The key is to focus on what you want and less on what you don't want. So another important skill to make anger work for you is sharing how you feel. I mean, how shocking would it be for people to really know what you think or feel? Of course, You can't just say everything that pops up in your head. But when you don't talk about what's important to you or share your concerns or worries, you can create a lot of problems. When you don't speak your truth, you can unintentionally deceive others. They can't read your mind. This is actually the number one reason for relationship issues and unresolved problems. There are many reasons why we struggle to tell the truth. We're afraid we have fears of disappointing others, worry about how others will react, how they will think about us, or maybe we're just not even aware of what we're feeling. We are only as honest as our level of awareness. So if you're not aware that you have unmet needs, or what your emotional state is, or your own fears or insecurities, you can easily deceive others without even realizing it. So. You have to start by being honest with yourself before you can be honest with others. Here's a quick yes or no self-assessment. Do you often say yes or act like you agree when you want to say no or when you don't agree? Do you laugh at jokes even when you're offended? Do you say I'm fine when you're actually not? Do you tell people what they want to hear? If you can't say something nice, You don't say anything at all? Do you feel vulnerable being honest? Are you afraid of others getting upset or angry if you speak up? The more yeses you answered to this assessment, the more you struggle with being open and honest in your communication. But don't worry, we all have a lot of work to do in this area. So here's a good formula to start practicing honest communication with others. Start by setting your intentions and goal of the interaction. Own the contributions you made to the problem. So don't blame or shame. Most people would listen if you don't blame them. Otherwise, you just kick up their defense mechanisms. Reaffirm their relationship. For example, I really care about you, so I want to be honest. And then ask for what you need in a clear manner. So putting it all together, it would sound something like this. My goal of talking to you is to resolve an issue that came up between us. There were a few moments where I agreed to some things you said that I actually didn't agree with or felt uncomfortable with. I realized this wasn't fair to you and I care about you and our friendship, so I want to be open and honest. So I'm asking that you stop making sexual comments about others with me. Speaking the truth is hard but it also helps cultivate healthy relationships and boundaries. And of course, can manage a lot of resentment and anger from building up inside you. Last thing I want to mention, and is another important skill to make anger work for you, is to create space for it. Use anger, don't let it use you. Meaning, understanding that you will have moments where you'll experience anger or being upset. And that's okay. Anger is a useful emotion if you accept it and take care of it. The intense feeling is connected to something you care about. So instead of avoiding it, getting rid of it, and letting it build up, find your go-to positive outlet. The emotion itself is not negative, and holding it inside can do a lot of damage. This is how it becomes toxic and destructive. So Find an activity where you can express it, whether it's through writing, working out, singing, art, running, or maybe even more direct. Let's say you're upset about how work doesn't have a culture around wellness. Find a way to incorporate wellness at work. If you are angry at the mistreatment of others, find a way to leverage that anger to help others. I use anger often as motivation. For many of my passions, developing the skills to cope with anger and practicing assertive communication to replace the common behaviors we tend to associate with anger, such as suppressing or lashing out, is the key to not letting the emotion overpower you and control you. Understand that in order to use any effective communication skills, you must have emotional awareness. This means you need to be aware if you're too upset or when you're centered or calm enough to actually communicate in a way to be understood. Don't just use honesty as an excuse to express your anger in hurtful ways. It's important to hold some space to process your anger before speaking your truth and using effective assertive communication skills. So this session is only scratching the surface of anger management. Anger can be your friend or your enemy. It can be your superpower or your greatest weakness. Learning about how your anger functions and how it shows up in your life can help change the course of your actions. If you feel like you need additional support in learning how to manage your anger in healthier ways, there is help. Reach out to professionals. Connect with a therapist. Get this under control before it gets out of control.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Mind Manners with Albert Nguyen. We hope you found value in this episode. If you'd like to work with Albert one-on-one, visit OptiMindCounseling.com to learn more about his private practice. Looking to join a community of like-minded individuals? Search Mind Manners Podcast Community on Facebook and join our group to connect with others on their wellness journeys. Finally, if you haven't already done so, please write us a five-star review on Apple podcast and let us know you're enjoying the show.